There are things we believe are reasonable to expect from adults, like not spending the whole paycheck on candies and toys and not telling your social security number to strangers. Of all people, we think our parents know it well, because most likely they are the ones who taught us these rules. And then they act like little kids with their birthday money in a candy store, and we are not sure what to do. Let's talk about it. These days, the candy store for elders is the internet. They discover all sorts of online shopping, order a bunch of random stuff, and then forget they ordered it before it's even delivered, and then order some more. It's frustrating but manageable. There are ways to deal with such situations. You can place spending limits on their cards or set parental controls on their computers and phones. Basically, you are setting parental controls for your own parents. So they won't spend all their money on stuff that nobody needs. What is more frustrating is that you are explaining why spending money like this is a bad habit again and again, and they still don't get it. It is not necessarily that they don't remember what you said. They do, and they use any opportunity to complain to everyone that you are taking their money away. They don't understand your reasoning why they should not do what they want to do. And then they complain that you treat them like children. Which might be the answer to your question of what to do in such situations. Here is how I like to think of it. And we all remember that I'm not a brain doctor or scientist, and I share here my interpretations in an easy-to-understand way, right? So, I like to think of our brain development as a bell curve. When we are born, our brains are very underdeveloped, and each micro-experience that we have, touches, sounds, smell, tastes, movements, sights, everything is a piece of information that helps us grow our brains by building new connections between the brain cells. We call them neuropathways. And everything we learn becomes the foundation that allows us to understand and learn new information. For example, you have to taste a lemon to be able to understand what it means that when someone explains to you it is sour like a lemon, because you already have that foundational understanding what a taste of lemon is. And then you need to know what a lemonade is as a foundational thing to make sense of a phrase, if you get lemons, make a lemonade. And more than that, you have to understand the meaning behind that phrase so it would not be literally about lemons and lemonade, but about using different situations and finding new meaning or interpretation for those situations, or find the silver lining. Another example is you have to be able to count before you learn simple math. And then you cannot start the algebra 
without knowing simple math, right? And you cannot do it the other way around because the counting is the foundation for learning math and learning simple math is foundation to learn algebra. This is how our brains develop and grow. And we all understand that toddlers won't be able to understand many things yet because their brains are not developed yet. They haven't learned those things yet because they don't have that foundational understandings of things to be able to comprehend more complicated ideas. It all comes with time and experience. So when a little kid gets, let's say, $10 for their birthday, they want to go and spend the money to buy all the candies and all the toys in the store that they want. Because they don't have enough of math knowledge, simple math knowledge, to understand that everything that they want in the store costs way more than $10. Are we getting frustrated with the little kids because of that? Not, of course. We use this as an opportunity to teach them something about math or about spending money. It can be a very simple thing like understanding like one and many. It could be the first introduction to the idea of spending, saving, giving, and money management in general. By the time our kids are teenagers, they're extremely smart. They know a lot. They have learned a lot. And even though they still act impulsively most of the time and often don't think of the consequences of their actions, that part of their brain develops by the age of 25 or so. It's just a process. And this is how our parents learn too. So it's kind of like intermediate stage between that lower part of the bell curve and all the way to the top. So... Our brains develops, we are at the peak of performance, let's say, in the middle of our lives. And then at some point of our adult lives, we start losing those neuropathways. This is what happening, hap, already happened, most likely, in the brains of our elders. So they lose the connections between the cells in their brains, those neuropathways. And the disconnected cells shrink and die. This is basically what dementia is in one sentence. So in a way, their elder brain is mirroring the child one because it's coming to the other side of like the bottom of that bell curve. The mirroring process is happening like when the child is learning and the adult is forgetting and they end up maybe knowing the same amount of information. The child brains make new connections and the adult brains, they lose those connections. And at some point, they're becoming very similar in their functioning, the adult brain and the child brain, but for different reasons. The child's brain is not developed yet and the adult one is already wilting. And the more dementia is progressing, the fewer brain cells are functioning, 
which might be the same cells that are functioning in a very young child's brain. The older we become, the more we act like children. And the same way as you can't expect a young child to make responsible decisions with their birthday money, you can't expect the elders with dementia to make responsible decisions either because their brains return to their almost like original stage, like young child stage. But because they're adults and we're used to thinking of them as wise and smart, it's hard to accept their new reality. This is where frustration is coming from. So what if we do treat our parents as children, not in a diminishing way, of course, but with love and respect, as the same way as we would treat little children? How would you explain to a child that they should not have cookies for dinner? Most likely you would state it as a matter of fact, No, we don't eat cookies for dinner. We will have soup and veggies first, and then we'll have a cookie for dessert. I hear you want to eat only cookies because they are of your favorite color. We will have one after dinner, I promise. So, will a kid agree with you right away? Of course not. They want to have those cookies for dinner, for breakfast, for lunch, for everything, and they will be bugging you to have those cookies for dinner. But you won't be angry. You won't be frustrated that they can't understand why cookies for dinner is not a good idea, right? You will be explaining again and again until you lose your patience and declare that there won't be any cookies for a week if the child doesn't stop nagging. It might work or not, but you're not expecting a little kid to be different and know everything you know about nutrition and why having cookies for dinner is not a great idea. I have a client who tried this approach with her dad who wanted to give his financial documents to random people in his church. He was like a kid who wanted to show off his possessions. And what my client was saying to him, she was treating him exactly like she was talking to her children when they were little. No, you don't need to give those papers to that guy. We already took care of all your taxes and we checked that all your accounts are in order and we are keeping those papers at home because they are safe there. Yes, her dad was unhappy that he couldn't get his way But even though they were going through the same routine every Sunday, it became easier for her to deal with that situation because she stopped expecting her dad to be different. She stopped expecting him to be the way how he was when she was a child and he was a responsible adult. Yes, it was sad to see his decline to the point that he wasn't understanding many things, But there was no resentment and there was no frustration about him not understanding what was supposed to be obvious to him. So here is what I want to offer you today. Whatever challenging argument you have with your aging loved ones with dementia, 
whether it's uncontrollable shopping online or refusal to stop driving or refusal to change before they go out and do some work in the garden, try to explain them why the same way you would do that with a child, with love and respect. And share this episode with your friends who are in the same shoes. Thank you for being with me today. I'll talk to you next week.